Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. Good morning. Welcome to Grace Point. My name is Seme Elam, and I am originally from a city called Huizhou in Guangdong Province, China. I've been with Grace Point for over 10 years now. Today I'm going to read Psalm 119, verse 1 to 5 in Mandarin Chinese. Okay. 行为完全遵行耶和华律法的，这人变为有福。遵守他的法度，一心寻求他的，这人变为有福。这人不做非义的事，但遵行他的道。耶和华呀，你曾将你的顺慈吩咐我们，为了我们殷勤遵守。但
to come up on the stage and to read. And so I um, said she didn't have to sing a solo or anything like that and talked her into it. Sammy grew up in a home um, where she grew up in a Buddhist background. And she came, comes to Grace Point again about over a little over 10 years ago. We're trying to add it up. Uh, and came to faith in Christ, declared her faith in Christ here at Grace Point, And we were able to baptize her. What an incredible time. They, baptisms are just beautiful because every single person who goes through the waters of baptism, whether they grew up in a Buddhist background and where there's not been a, a gospel presentation in their hometown and they came to the States and they heard the gospel or whatever the case may be, they grew up in the church. Whenever somebody declares a faith in Christ and they declare it in baptism, it is a beautiful thing. In a few weeks, at our fall party, which you heard us say this, and you're going to hear us say it's a, less than a month away, uh, at our fall party, it's going to be a party time, it's going to have food, we're going to have a great time together as a family. But on that Sunday, we're also be ha- having baptism uh, time together. And so please, if you are at that point in your faith, it's like, I, you know what, I got a lot of questions and I'm on my, on my journey to Jesus or maybe I've made my, my faith commitment to Jesus and now I need to declare that in baptism. It is, it is a beautiful thing and let us do it together uh, with you. Uh, take your Bibles and open to Psalm 119 that uh, Sammy just read. Uh, very first words in Psalm 119. Uh, we need another to-do list, right? I mean, school just started back up. We need uh, another to-do list of all the things that your kids need for their backpacks, for their desks, for, for, for school. And it's like all of a sudden you're back in the rhythms, which we're glad to be back in the rhythms uh, of some normalcy. And you're packing bags and you're putting homework in there and you're making sure the clothes are, are clean. If they're folded and put up, that's secondary, all right? Uh, you might just live out of a, a laundry basket for all I know, but, uh, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, you've got all these things that you've got to do just to get them out the door to stamp out ignorance, okay? Uh, to get them into the halls of education so that they can learn and grow and become uh, sustaining citizens in this world. Again, a to-do list, a galore. Then you've got the boss who comes in and says, I need this yesterday. And you've already got a full plate, and now you've got more on your plate. Again, more tasks, more duties, more responsibilities, demands. Demands on life, just mortgage payment, right? Just being able to keep up with your own health and life and things that you've got to do just to function and live out your life. Again, to-dos, tasks duties, responsibilities. You don't need to come to church and have another list given to you. When you come to the Bible, you sometimes might look at these commandments. You sometimes might look at these precepts, these principles. You might look at these judgments as we've been pointing them out in Psalm 119 as more chores, more tasks, more duties that rob me of my freedom and my joy. But let me say We need to turn that mindset on its head because the duties, the tasks, the responsibilities actually put us on a path towards freedom, towards joy, towards blessing. I want you to think of the the Word of God through this series. I want you to see it as a roadmap. All right? I'm trying to get from point A to point B, and it's dark outside. 
All right, things go bump in the dark, right? Well, you need a light. The Word of God is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let it be that. Turn the light on. Shine it in the direction of the decisions that you're making. Hold it high and keep it bright so that you know where you're going and you're going in the right direction. The path of the righteous, Proverbs 4.18 says, will grow brighter and brighter as the day is full. Where do I get the brightness? I get it through the word of God. It is there for us. God speaks through his Holy Spirit. He speaks through the word of God. He speaks through our circumstances. He speaks through godly people in our life. But it never contradicts this book. So if you're with me, hold up your Bibles. And let's declare this statement today. This is my Bible. This is my, say it with me, this is my Bible, the inspired, indestructible, irreplaceable Word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. My mind is attentive. My heart is receptive. There's not a statement, there's not a sentence, there's not a phrase in that declaration that is not truth. Break it down. Look at it. Tell me where there is not truth in that statement. There's so much more the Word of God is, but that is a very true statement. It is part of the roadmap for our life. Uh, It's also a competitive advantage, Knowing this book, living this book, you probably didn't think you'd come to church and talk about a competitive advantage. But this, the, the words, the precepts, the principles, the laws, the commands give us the wisdom that we need that this world doesn't offer. There's a level of wisdom just by looking at someone's gray hair. All right, because they've lived a life, they've experienced the seasons, they've, they've gone through certain things. But even that is not sufficient. Because the Word of God is the, pre, is the, is the preeminent uh, source of wisdom, greater than any other. It says, I have greater wisdom than those who are old because I obey your commands. So what does it do? The Word of God puts us on a path to greater wisdom and understanding uh, for life. It's also the owner's manual, all right? It it is the competitive edge that we need. It is the roadmap that that gets us through life and the owner's manual. If we understood this 66 books as actually not just 66 books, it's actually one story contained in 66 books. And if we would understand that one story in 66 books and we could see the beginning and the end, wow, you talk about being able to understand why life is the way life is, where life is going. I'm not saying it's a crystal ball. In fact, it's better than that. It is, it is actually one of God's, it is God's revelation for us to understand him, to understand his plan, to understand his purpose. Next Sunday, let me just say this. We will not be in Psalm 119. We will be in all 66 books. I'll let you be anticipation for that. Bring a friend with you. It will be an incredible time as we look at it. But we're in Psalm 119 for the last time this week right now. And just a quick reminder, we've talked about Psalm 119 has a lot of themes in 176 verses. 
All right, in those 176 verses, it tells us to know it, to delight in it, to meditate on it. It tells us to keep, walk in step with it. That's where we're landing the plane today. And we're called to literally align our life according to it, to just do it and to live it out. Last week, if you were here, we looked at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. You see in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, all of those right there. So look at, the, look at Joshua 1, 8, and it'll appear on the screen, or you can thumb over there if you want to. Let me just read it to you. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. This is Joshua before he goes into the promised land, before he leads the millions of wandering Israelites after the death of Moses. He's leading them into the promised land. And literally, this is the instructions. He tells him to take the book of the law And don't let it depart from you. There must be a word of God intake if it's not going to depart from me. There must be an intake if it's not going to depart from me. It's got to stay with me and be with me. And how is it going to be with me? Is I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to, as we looked at last week, I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to chew on it. I'm going to, it's going to enumerate in my mind. I'm going to, it's going to become the focus of my life. So I'm going to know it. I'm going to meditate on it, but I'm also going to do it, to live my life according to it. And as I live my life according to it, success, prosperity, hang on to those, will follow us. That delight will be there. You will begin to see the value of this book in your everyday, mundane life, crazy life, whatever, however you want to call your life, chaotic life, it will be there. Now, we're going we're gonna to wrap up, again, Psalm 119 today. But I want to say this as we've looked at Psalm 119, that when you look at this passage and you look at and understand, this is our foundation. This is what we are about. This is the tool. Again, it's a light. It's the manual uh, for life. This is what we need every single day of our life. Now, we as a church... I'm going to tell you, everyone's going somewhere, but some people are going somewhere on purpose. We want to go somewhere on purpose at Grace Point Church. We, we, we have this series of messages as a part of getting our, our tools, if you will, if this is the Word of God, and it's called the sword, so and therefore it can be considered a tool. It is to help us build our life. How do you build your life? You build it on the convictions and the values of Scripture. Our next series of messages, where we're going, is we're going to be talking about values. What are the values that make up a life built on God's Word? And a series that will kick off, uh, Zoe Pariso uh, is, the, is, the, is how you would uh, say it in the Greek, uh, is, and, and it's where we're going to be going in September and October. But it's really just understanding Who am I? Because who am I will help shape who my values are. And we're going to be looking at the most basic things. But if you have these values in your life, what we will be going to in October, November, we'll be talking about rhythms. So if this is what my life is supposed to be built on, the values, the convictions of my life, 
How do I get there? How do I sustain this throughout my life? What are the rhythms that it takes to live in those values that God has given me? And then we're going to move from uh, in the new year, uh, and we're going to look at the lifestyle of a disciple of Jesus, the values of a disciple, the rhythms of a disciple, the lifestyle of a disciple is where we're going to be going over the next, all the way up until Easter. So again, we're going to go somewhere, but we're going to go somewhere on purpose together. But the word of God is the found, is the tool that we take with us to help forge the way forward. The Bible is a historical book, but it's a forward-facing book. It looks back, but it's forward-facing. It is. It gives us a future. It gives us a direction for the, the day-to-day decisions of our life. And if we look at Psalm 119 now, let's read it in English, since most people in this room don't know Mandarin. Um, let's read it. Follow along as I read. Blessed, blessed. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in his law of the Lord. Blessed, blessed, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping with your statutes. I want to point out something from this section of Scripture. Go back to the slide before, guys, if you don't mind. Notice... All of the movement, forward movement, way, walk, keeping, seeking, walking. Everything there speaks of a movement of your life. That you're doing this. Now, you'll also look at this and the word keep, kept, keeping is used in that verse multiple times. It's the theme that we're going to keep the word of God. Now, this is not just here in the first few verses. This is actually the theme of the book of, uh, of, of this chapter. In verse 17, it says, keep your word. Verse 33, you can see, I will keep it to the end. Keep your law continually. You'll see it in, in verse 55. You'll see it in verse 57. 20 different times. It will call us to keeping the word of God. You keep it, you keep it, you keep it, you keep it. How is it that I keep the word of God? I want to answer that question today from the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 5 says, Oh, that my way, oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping with your statutes. I want my ways. I want my life. I want every step that I take to be in line with yours. How is it that I'll allow the word of God to shape the steps of my life? One of those ways is through prayerful awareness. 
prayerful awareness, shutting off noises, tuning in, focusing in on the Word of God. Notice what he says in verse 33 and verse 34. Notice the prayer of David, prayerful awareness. Notice the prayer of David. His prayer is, teach me, O Lord. Teach me, O your Lord, your statutes, that I will keep it. So again, there's a, there's a correlation here between I need to know, I need to seek God, I need to ask God to teach me his word so that at the end of my life, at the end of my days, at the end of my hour, that I will keep it. And then the very next verse, he says, give me understanding. So again, he comes back to prayer and he says, listen, this is, this is what I need, that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Now notice again, it's not just a head knowledge, it is a heart penetration deep inside of who you are. I gave you an assignment last week. You remember it? John 14, verse 27. I encouraged you to take this one short verse and just meditate on it. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. That was an assignment that I gave you. Um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands if you did the assignment. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hands if you were here last week and you heard the assignment. Raise your hand. Okay. That was your assignment that I didn't realize that God was giving to me to do. Um, so I walk off the stage last Sunday and um, do what I normally do, meet and greet, get to know people, new people, get to see people I haven't seen in a week. And it was what I enjoy doing. It's one of the highlights of my Sundays. And then I have my phone on do not disturb all during that time. I go to my office. I sit down in my office and my brother had texted me and said, that our dad was on his way to hospice. And, okay, that was a shocker. Um, By Monday morning, he had passed. Um... There have been a lot of times this week, and again, I don't have time to go into all the emotions of the week. But I will go in to saying this, that these words were words at two in the morning. These words were words that I hung on to in the middle of the day. These are the words that I kept bringing back. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. That's a heavy statement I know to make, but I wanted to point that out because I knew going into last week's message that I was giving you homework. And I even called it homework. If you go back and listen to the message, I called it homework for you to do. Not realizing that I was going to need it as well. What I say in all of that is this, is a prayerful 
awareness of his word enables his word to speak to me and speak to you. Number two, bold surrender. I know you don't just move on from that. And I can tell you this, that you can be praying for me and the whole family. There's several family members in the church. I'm still unpacking a lot of emotions. I'll leave that there right now. A bold surrender. When Jesus was on the cross, before he went to the cross, excuse me, he prayed God to let this cup pass from me. That there would be another way for him to go, another path for him to take. But then he, in bold surrender, said to the Father, not my will, but yours be done. Whenever you come to God, I challenge you to come with an open hand. A bold surrender is when you come with an open hand, but you leave with a closed fist. That open hand is whenever you say, God, I want this, but if you don't want this, nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. It's whenever I'm like, hey, God, I'd like to go zigging, but God, you somehow want me to go zagging. It's, it's whenever you are literally willing to say, God, you know more than I know. You know better than I know. And I am willing to come with a mindset. Again, I said last week on meditation, it will affect your mindset. This week, it affects your lifestyle. That where I'm going to come open-handed to God and I'm going to say, God, here, what is it that you want me to do? Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to his word. That means a young man can't go on his, his passions and desires, can't go on with everyone else, can't, can't agree to doing what everyone else wants to do or that other person wants to do. No, no, no. There is something about them that they've got to say, no, I've got to keep my way in line with God. How does a man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to the word. This word keep that's used 20-something times in the book of Psalms is used 400 times in the Old Testament. The Hebrew word is shamar. It's used for a military garrison. The idea that I am going to protect something. I'm going to value it so much that I'm going to protect it and build a garrison around it. When Proverbs 13.3, Solomon talked about a person who guards his lips. He's going to put a guard around his lips, around his mouth. Whenever David is talking about, about keeping a man's way pure, he's going to put a guard, a, a protection around it so that he can live a pure and holy and right life. Psalm 39 verse 1, I will guard my ways that I might not sin. Same word guard is the same word shamar. Psalm 119, verse 136. My eyes shall shed streams of water because they do not keep your law. (laughs) You want to put yourself into a darkness of regret and shame? Don't do God's will. 
Don't do God's will. My eyes shed streams of water. See, the Bible is not a book to simply be learned. It's a book to be lived. Let me say that again. The Bible is not a book to be learned, simply to be learned, but it's a book to be lived. And I've got to come with an open hand to say, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying that I need to know? What are you saying that I need to be? What are you saying that I need to do? What are you working? Where? And I come, I have to come every single day to say, God, what are you calling and asking of me? James chapter 1, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. One of the ways that Satan will deceive us is just to get us to come to church. Just to join a Bible study. Just to get into a small group. Even take Bible study methods. But not walk away from the Word of God grabbing hold of the truth that He just told you. That He just showed you in His Word. That his spirit and his word came together. And that's why you'll hear us say around here a lot, what is your next step of obedience? What's your next thing? Don't worry about 15 things down the road. What's the next thing that God's calling you to? Is it a relationship that needs peace because it's been fractured? Maybe it's Romans 12, 18 for you. If it's possible, so as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone means you can't make peace with everyone, but you can do everything in your power to be at peace with them. Maybe it's the simple thing of generosity and tithing. I mean, that's a simple, obedient thing, but there's a lot of people robbing God. Malachi talks about robbing God. Malachi 3.8, will a man rob God? Yet, (laughs) you're robbing me. But you say, how can we, how are we, how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? This is, this is a practice that even Jesus affirms in Luke eleven forty two that tithing is a part of the Christian disciplines of our life. Maybe it's a promise. Maybe it's a, a command. A promise, you know, because you go on in the very next verse, he says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse and there you'll find food in in my house and and, and thereby be tested and see that the Lord of hosts, if he will not open the windows of heaven and pour down for you a blessing until there is no need. That's a promise. How many of you are living in that promise? Walking in that promise I want to give you an acronym. It's not new. It's not original with me. It's the word space. Five critical questions that you should ask every time you open your Bible. Now walk away. There's other questions to ask. But let's just say before you close your Bible each day, you need to be asking these questions. Is there a sin that I need to confess? Have I been robbing God? Have I got anger issues? Have I said or done or thought or been about something that's not pleasing to God? Is there a sin to confess? P, is there a promise to claim? Over 2,000 promises in the scripture. Most of us don't live them because we don't read the scriptures. Therefore, we don't know the promises to live them. Think about it. Is there a promise to claim? 
Is there an attitude to change? Is there a command to obey? The list goes on. Is there an example to follow? What is it? When you read the scriptures, Tour Cathy, founder of the Chick-fil-A franchise in 1948, opened his first store under the question, what would Jesus do? And he literally began to frame out the business that we know today as Chick-fil-A under the question, under the banner, what would Jesus do? And the stories are numerous of how that has shaped that organization. They're not open on Sundays. They give up millions of dollars every Sunday because they're not open, forcing us on Saturday to go eat cold chicken nuggets on Sunday because we had to buy them on Saturday. Um, why? Because he read the scriptures and the scriptures talked about God giving humanity a gift and that gift being a Sabbath. And he, who's he to take away the Sabbath from those that God has given it to? He began to look at his corporation, how he's going to treat his employees. Two of his earliest employees, Eddie White and Woody Falk. Eddie White was an African-American young man, 12 years of age, in segregated South. And it was one of his first hires. He ends up scholarshipping him after he mentors him for a number of years and ended up naming the scholarship fund that has given out $75 million in scholarships after Eddie White. Woody Falk, a 13-year-old who was an orphan, was one of his first employees. Woody Falk is now the vice president of innovation at Chick-fil-A. And this is what Woody Falk said about Mr. Cathy. He said, his personification of James chapter 1, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I sincerely own my life to this man. Listen, if we come with an open hand, God, what do you want? It's all yours. And we leave with a closed fist. God, this is what you've told me to do. Told me to change. Told me to whatever. Make it about the space. I'm going to go do it. Prayerful. Bold surrender. Number three, consistent. Long term. We're playing the long game here, right? It's not obedient for a moment. It's not reading your Bible while we're doing a 106-day journey through Psalms. It literally becomes a part of who you are. I've stood at enough of the heads of enough caskets in my 34 or 5 years in ministry. Of my 78-year-old father this week of infants. And every time, it doesn't matter who it is, I reflect on my own mortality. And I come back to, I want a legacy. I want a legacy that, that says my consistently over time and over decades, and no matter hell or high water, no matter good or bad or ugly, no matter what, Mike was fill in the blank. 
consistent in his obedience to Christ. Faithful to the very end. Live your legacy you want to leave. Henry Blackaby talks about, in his book, Experiencing God, Bible study, Experiencing God, he said about knowing the will of God, he said, do the last thing that he told you to do. Sometimes we get lost in wondering what God's will is for the future. Well, his will for the future may be the will that he gave you in the past. You do that until he tells you to do something else. You stay faithful right there. Eugene Peterson in his book, great book, through the Psalms, through the, the Psalms of Ascent, he quotes Frederick Nietzsche. Not, not that I would quote Frederick Nietzsche very often because a lot of what he says I would disagree with, but this statement I do agree with. The very first words in his book, he says, the essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. That thereby results has and has always resulted in the long run, something which has made life worth living. David, in Psalm 119, says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, that I will keep them to the end. I will keep your law continually forever and forever. Oh, that my ways would be steadfast in keeping with your statutes. If I'm fully transparent with you today, I did not want to be here. There are other times I don't want to be here. But today's one of them. And the only reason I am here is because I need to be steadfast. I need to be faithful in the last thing that God told me to do until he tells me to do something else. The thing about God's word, when you open it up and you let it become a part of who you are, shapes your mindset, shapes your steps that you're going to take in life, you get wisdom, insight, and understanding that this world does not offer. Wisdom gives you the ability to look at life. You can see life like most people can't. Your, your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. It gives you insight. Insight through life. You get to see to the other side. You get to see what happens on the other side of that bad decision. You get to see the big picture. You get to see the end of the story. I have more insight than all the teachers because your decrees are my meditation. You have understanding, the ability to respond to life. Whether it's wisdom or it's insight or it's just how you respond to life. Gives you understanding. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. This life, this wisdom, this understanding, this insight, 
the word of God only is powerful in the life of a person who is a child of God. And it's because of what it says in John chapter 1, verse 12, to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become his children, that I get to take his word every day, multiple times throughout the day, and let it become what shapes my life. Through prayerful, bold surrender and consistent obedience. Would you bow your heads with me? Be very still before the Lord right now. What is your next step of obedience? Where have you gotten off track? Maybe it is living in the promise of becoming a child of God. That if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, I'll be saved. Don't take my word for it. That's what Romans chapter 10 says. Have you ever given your life to Jesus and stepped into the promise of that? Maybe today. It's an attitude adjustment. Maybe it's today an example to follow, much like Truett Cathy. Looking at the Word of God, seeing it, saying, how is it going to shape my life today? What's your next step of obedience? Father, I pray in these moments that we'll not just, Lord, talk about your Word, but your word will sink deep inside. Heal where there is sickness and brokenness. Give confidence where you're calling us to take a step of obedience, but we're afraid. Father, be in this moment Don't let any of us, don't let any of us leave here the same. May we never, no, never, ever be the same in Jesus' name after hearing your word. Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Scent.